This episode is brought to you by Abbott. Mike Gibson and Dean Kariakis coming to you live from TCT 2019 in our day one coverage. Dean, you and I lived through the 2B3 inhibitor era. Uh, and now there's a new subcutaneous form uh, that could be used as point of care therapy before you get to the hospital. So let's talk a little bit about antiplatelets. How do you differentiate a 2B3 inhibitor from, you know, a thionopyridine. I think some right. of our younger audience didn't live through that era, doesn't know the differences yeah. between these two classes of yeah. drugs. Well, there's a big difference, big difference with respect to efficacy and potency, I think, right off the bat. Uh, P2Y12 inhibitors uh, inhibit the P2Y12 receptor. That doesn't even cover all the impact of ADP on the platelet. There's P2Y1, P2X1, right, I mean, but P2Y12, so it's relatively limited. Uh, and you can either choose to block that isolated receptor or you can choose to block the com common final pathway for platelet aggregation, irrespective of the receptor, which, by the way, also includes thrombin. Yeah. Now, who would argue that thrombin is not pivotally important in ACS? Right. No one. Yeah. And if you can't block thrombin, activation of platelets and thrombin-induced platelet aggregation then that's, I think, a significant limitation right. of a drug, i.e. a P2Y12 inhibitor, compared to the 2B3 inhibitor. So it's irrelevant right. what the agonist is. It blocks the final common pathway. And, and then I think there's the need, clearly. You know, I mean, we've watched it. You and I have been doing primary PCI since the first yes. days of primary 30 PCI. 30 years, yeah. 30 years. And when you look at the national initiatives, that have dropped door to balloon times to less than 60 minutes as of 2017. And mortality from STEMI has remained relatively flat. The only way we're gonna make a dent, uh, they say half the people who die from STEMI do so before they even come to the hospital, get to the hospital. Sure. So how are we gonna fix that problem? And the answer is you gotta be able to move the initiation of treatment upstream closer to the onset of chest pain, look at the total ischemic time concept and when you have something that is simple, easy, effective, it's got a chance. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. nothing could be more simple than a little sub-Q injection, yep. less than a half ml, less than one ml. But you know, in our study, I think the injectate volumes were 0.18 to 0.48 mls, less than a half ml. Right. And within 15 minutes of a sub-Q mm -hmm. injection, we had greater than 80% platelet inhibition. Wow, yeah, within 15 minutes. So within 15 minutes. the three Ps, as I like to say, yeah. prompt, prompt, potent, potent, 80% or more, and then predictable. predictable. So the variability in that inhibition was tight? I mean, not a lot of variance? Uh, it was. Yeah. In fact, we're talking, had to be a threshold to get the, uh, what we call biologically effective dose. Right. Had to be at least 80% of the patients had 80% inhibition. Yes. And uh, we got there. Are they, you uh, happy with 80% or do you want to see us hit 90% inhibition? Well, you know, the reason we picked that, it wasn't picked out of the hat. Some people have picked uh, recently, you know, a threshold that's kind of no precedent mm -hmm. for validation. 
And I think the 80%, as you, you and I both know, from the days of 2B3 inhibition periprocedurally for PCI, that that correlated with better outcomes, a reduction of procedural MI, correct? Mm -hmm. And so I think that was really kind of the threshold right. uh, target. So uh, this is not pulled out of a hat. Sure. It's a validated uh, precedent, I think, right. for level of platelet inhibition uh, that is quite high, by the way. I mean, it's good, uh, very effective, and we picked that. Right. You know, looking back, uh, when we did studies with the thionylpyridines with lytics, clopidogrel didn't really open arteries. Right. Uh, the magnitude of ST resolution was no better with clopidogrel than it was with placebo. Right. So it doesn't disaggregate. The 2B3 inhibitors, on the other hand, when you arrive to the cath lab, you have a greater probability of the artery being open. So they disaggregate existing clot which is a differentiator, I think, uh, no question. from the thionopyridines, right? I think your point is well taken, and that is the potential for 2B3 inhibitors to disaggregate platelet-rich thrombus, which mm -hmm. is early thrombus, and that's why right. it's so important to get it on board. You and I could carry one of these injector pens in our briefcase, right. or the EMS guy, when yeah. he shows up at your home or workplace, right. can pop you with this, and within 15 minutes, 80% right. inhibition. I'll go so far as to predict the phase two study will show that coronary patency, TIMI two or greater flow, right. TIMI three flow, normal mm -hmm. flow, will be significantly increased, randomized to this right. uh, drug compared to placebo. And the other thing, Dean, is the thing that makes your platelets the angriest is thrombin. Yeah. It's the most potent uh, agonist or thing that activates your platelets, but when you look at the basic science, the thionopyridines do nothing, nothing yeah. whatsoever to block uh, thrombin-mediated activation. So, as you said, it doesn't matter how your platelet got angry, the 2B3 inhibitor pathway blocks that final common step of aggregation and even facilitates disaggregation. So a whole, it's kind of interesting to see what's old is now new. Yeah. Again, moving back upstream again. Well, it's, it's new because we've, uh, we've uh, refined it. I mean, this is not by accident right. that RUC4 came about. I mean, it was, I call it the specifically designed by the father of Repro, so yes. to speak. Right. Barry Kohler. Barry Kohler, yeah. So, I mean, who knows more right. about that receptor and how to inhibit right. it. The other thing that I think is really cool, Mike, is that it locks a receptor in the inactive uh, conformation so that many of the uh, rapid offset drugs yeah. will leave the receptor activated, and you're very familiar with that, sure. can be problematic. Right, right. So a few distinct pharmacologic advantages here. Dean, thanks for joining us today, and uh, thanks to all of you for joining us today here live from TCT 2019. How's that hand doing?